You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Indians podcast. Today's show, we have to talk about the Indians news. Uh, some great news if you're an Indians fan. Please note the sarcasm. Well, this news does tie in perfectly with the plan to discuss all-time Indians, all-time relievers. And in of itself, that's going to be a really interesting talk. So we're not going to bother with the virtual Indians today. We're going to dive in the news and go right into the all-time relievers talk because there's just so much to talk about. Emmanuel Class A, 80-game suspension for steroids. Now, this is a massive kick in the pants. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, as I've been doing the virtual Indians, it is clear that the Indians bullpen is not good. Class A was supposed to be a big part of what was going to help this pen. I had not been using him in-game. I was looking forward to the chance to use him. Uh, Based on his performance last year, he was one of the most dynamic young arms in all of baseball. The Indians could have had Brandon Marsh, a top 50 outfield prospect from the Angels for Kluber, but they were set on Class A. Now, we'll have to see down the line if that's the right call or not, Uh, but... I mean, they really liked him. We've seen a lot of the advanced stuff since then, and there's reasons why they really liked him. He has the potential to have one of the best pitches in all of baseball. But right now, an 80-game suspension is huge. We'll see if and when it comes back. I feel like this needs to be adapted, though. Like, it's one thing for those people who had the year-round suspension with Houston to, like, still have a year-round suspension. But if the season is 100 games, then this suspension, to me, should be 50 games. Like, the suspension should be... Uh, proportionality the same in a season as we whatever the season length is like it should go to a percentage and not just a blanket 80 games now i did the research on my own it outside of like soviet bloc countries this is a steroid that is mostly used in veterinary medicine um it uh, you know he's been tested before he's never had an issue with steroids i don't know if this is he after he hurt himself if he was trying to come back quicker or easier Uh, all of that is just me taking guesses. I mean, that's, I'm sure, what most people kind of think. But at this point in time, there's just not, there's not any definitive data. And he really doesn't have a defense for it. Again, because this is not something humans should ingest. So I I don't see a defense. And as of the recording of this podcast, I have not really heard a defense. Uh, The other part of this is just plain and simply, we just got done talking about the all-time Indian starting rotation, and we're looking at the top 10 starters in Indians history. Corey Kluber is amongst them. He is the best pitcher the Indians have had since sudden Sam McDowell last pitch in 1971 for the Indians. You can make the case, you're looking, what, 29 years tonight? So almost the best pitcher of the last 50 years for the Indians. Um, yeah, it's... And now we're down to getting a guy who should be at best your fifth outfielder due to speed and defensive abilities and a reliever who is now suspended for steroids. It's not a good look. It it you know brings that trade back up, makes it seem all the worse for the Indians. But yeah, Class A situation stinks. The Indians need relief help. There are other guys in system we'll get a chance to see this year. Uh, in the virtual Indians, I've brought up Anthony Ghost. Uh, Kyle Nelson is certainly a name to know. Nick Sandlin, who missed time with injury, is kind of right there. They have a lot of good young relief prospects. Uh, I think sooner rather than later, we'll end up seeing them up in the big leagues because they just have a lot of also-rans at this point in time. And that's what I've seen in-game when I've run into managing the virtual Indians, the Hunter Woods and the Phil Matons, the Nick Wetgrins of the world. Um, You know, there's a reason why 
all of those guys were free on waivers. Um, I like Weckgren more than the other two, but there's still a reason why uh, relief arms end up on waivers for teams to try. Uh, the, there's a great value in someone like Brian Shaw, as much as he was disliked in his run here, for consistency. Uh, and that is kind of what we're missing. The, the Shaw-Miller-Allen days kind of made us all a little spoiled at the back of the Indians' pitching rotation. So speaking of Allen, Cody Allen is the Indians' all-time saves leader. This is quite a list when you go into the top 50. Uh, We'll talk about some names just starting at the bottom and going up through it. Cody Allen is going to be one of the guys I mentioned. Now, if we're crafting an all-time bullpen, if we're going with five starters, do we go with seven relief arms? I mean, I think that's where you go, and I think one of the seven has to be Cody Allen. I don't think I really need to go into that. All-time leader in saves kind of a quick end to his career it's when you look at his numbers on the overall scheme of things he you know he debuted in 2012 took over the closer role in 2014 and essentially at the end of 2017 was his last like stellar season 2018 was a struggle uh in 2019 he barely pitched in the majors he was only 30 years of age uh, last year at least it was 30 at the start and that's a, a sudden end for a reliever it's it's odd it's not something you see all the time to have a pitcher where it falls apart kind of that young I mean essentially age 29 season is where things started to come off for Cody Allen but based on those previous years 2012 through 2017 the six-year run in there that that nets him one of those seven spots for the Indians I mean he's the all-time leader in saves in the franchise's history I think that should kind of handle any debate but let's let's just now go to the bottom and talk about some of these spots currently tied for the 48th spot jensen lewis remember when he had that one uh really good half a season uh we talked about george yule on the podcast he was amongst the top 15 uh for the indians in all-time pitching war start out as reliever david risky is tied with him at 43rd Raphael bentoncourt and Derek lilliquist at 40 paul shuey at 36 the great Stan Kovaleski is actually 37th with 20. Uh, at 30, you have Bob Feller, Mike Garcia, Steve Carse, Bob, and Bob Lemon. What a group right there with 22 saves. Other guys also listed in that group, Victor Cruz and Stan Williams. You can keep going. Mel Harder, who we've talked about, is on that list at 27. Eric Plunk and Jim Bagby tied to 24th. Kerry Wood, 22nd. Moving up, uh, other recent names, Danny Baez is 19th. Top 20 all-time for the Indians right there, Danny Baez. Brad Hand is sitting there at 14th with 42. And even if you make the assumption that Brad Hand, uh, they wouldn't pick up his option at the end of the year, you would have to assume he'd get at least 30 saves this year. If he got 30 saves this year, that would put him at 72 saves. And that would move him into 7th on the Indians all-time list. So Brad Hand is uh, is very close to being amongst the top 10 players in terms of Indian saves. Uh, Ernie Camacho tied at 12, going through Jim Kern, who had a really nice run with the Indians uh, before moving on to the Rangers, where it was not quite as good as at 10th with uh, Sid Mong, 9th is Steve Olin, 8th Joe Bar- uh, Borowski, 7th Ray Narleski, 6th Mike Jackson, 5th Jose Mesa, 4th Chris Perez, 3th Doug Jones, 2 Bob Wickman, and 1st the aforementioned Cody Allen. And since we already know Cody Allen is one of the seven men in the pen, The question is, who are going to fill those last six spots in the Indians' all-time bullpen? So we actually have a really cool new sponsor, and this is called 
the new sponsor is Built Bar. And what was really nice is they actually sent everyone in the network a box to try so that when we're speaking about it, we can actually speak to the bar itself. Now, at the risk of annoying people out there, I am someone who does not eat gluten. Uh, it messes with my stomach. It is an issue for me. I know there are people who uh, don't uh, aren't the biggest fans of people like myself, but it's just a true case. And I do like to do uh, bars in the morning. They're like the perfect thing for me. And what's awesome about this built bar is a, it's gluten free, and b, like when I sat down to eat the bar, I braced myself. I'm like, oh, how dry is this going to be? A lot of things that are gluten free are so dry and chewy, and it's like work to to eat that and get it down this is not the case these um bars are, are really easy to eat um it's a 15 let's see i got like 15 uh different flavors to try in my box and i've been eating at least two to three today i've been sometimes having them like after dessert or after dinner is like a dessert uh they're high protein and it's nice that when you go and you look at something like the coconut one there's coconut in it um what was that peanut butter had peanut uh uh, peanuts in it things like that there's a lot of nice things in there where they're using real products and it's um they're so good let me put it this way when i get to the deal on these built bars i'm going to be taking advantage of them myself uh, my personal favorite so far is the toffee so i would recommend the toffee flavor but for someone like me again who is gluten-free these are the softest protein bars i've ever had um Moist is another word some people don't love, but that's how I describe it. It's uh, it's a nice, soft, uh, moist bar. Uh, I would highly recommend it, not just because they're a sponsor, but uh, I've enjoyed this enough that I'm going to use our current deal, which is you can go over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you can get $10 off your first order. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So that's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com, BuiltBar. I... As someone who has tried it, uh, I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to be taking advantage and getting myself more of these bars. So if you are someone like me and you like a maybe a protein bar, just something nice and easy in the morning, these are a really nice product. Our other sponsor is Postmates. Now, I have talked about Postmates a lot over the last month because Postmates is perfect during these social distancing times. They bring you what you want, when you want it, when you need it. It can be fast food, it can be groceries, it can be just something from Walgreens. You're going to open up that app on Android or iOS. You're going to look and see what's in the area that can be delivered to you, and they bring it to your door. And right now, for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So we need to talk about the next six spots in the Indians' all-time bullpen. Uh, Cody Allen gets that first one as the all-time save king and peak Allen. Uh, There was a year or two in there where he was the best reliever in the American League. So let's get into some of these other names in the top five. I'm going to jump to Doug Jones. He is third on the list, uh, but in terms of performance, he stands out for me as someone who has to make this team. Now, Doug Jones is fascinating from the aspect that here is someone who was a third-round pick uh, back in 78. He makes it to the majors in 82, pitches two and two-thirds innings for the Milwaukee Brewers, but then goes back down and does not resurface until the 1986 Cleveland Indians. Only pitches 18 innings that year with the Indians. But he's quite good. And from there, he is just a star. From age 29 through age 34, that's 86 to 91, 
91, things fall apart at age 34 with him that leads to him leaving town. But 86 through 90, 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33, he is awesome. There was no other way to describe it. Most of those years, he is just amongst one of the best relief arms in all of baseball. Uh, you go through just his, his ERA pluses and FIPS starting in 87. So his ERA pluses, 144, 181, 170, 154. His FIP, 2.6, 2 2.5, 2, 1.85, 2.32, 3.13. Uh, again, this is age 29 to 33. It's five seasons, and he is fantastic. I mean, it's he is over 80 innings every single one of those years. Uh, the best year is the 88 year with a 2.27 overall ERA, 37 saves. In 90, he would have 43 saves, just seven in 91. And then he would leave the Indians, um, granted free agency, and he would go to Houston. And in 92, he would rebound and make the all-star, ta- all-star team for Houston. He would tie the Major League lead, uh, appearing in 70 games, 111 innings, and a 1.85 ERA, a 2.29 FIP, and a 182 ERA+. So right back to dominance. And at this point in his career, it's interesting because it, it basically becomes an every other year thing. 93, not good, below average pitcher. Uh, 94, he moves on to the Phillies, and in 54 innings, his ERA plus is 200. His FIP is a 254, exceptionally effective, a 217 ERA. He's age 37 at that point. Uh, he would bounce around a lot, never really quite. Uh, well, I mean, 95, it's a 96 ERA plus, a 413 FIP. And then in 96, with the Cubs and with Milwaukee, it's a 114 ERA plus and a 380 FIP. So again, he's an above average league pitcher. 97 at age 40, again, leads the league in um, the number of games he appears in. At 73, or uh, games finished, I should say, at 73. Not games appeared in, that's the number of games he finished, closed, or uh, just ended. And he had a 2.20 ERA that year in 97, a 2.32 ERA plus, which was the best of his career, and a 2.16 FIP, which was number two all-time in his career. So he's phenomenal in 97. 98, uh, he would make his way back to Cleveland, and he's actually good for the Indians. Uh, he had been with Milwaukee, struggled with them, and with the Indians in 30 and a third innings, a 139 ERA plus, a 276 FIP, and for those 98 Indians, he's at age 41, a you know an okay uh, solid reliever. In 1999, he would appear in 104 innings for the Oakland Athletics with a 129 ERA plus, a 395 FIP. Again, steady performer, and at age 43 in 2000, a 120 ERA plus, a 354 FIP. So he settles in at the end of his career and has the best run that is not that kind of peak time with the Indians. But again, this is a guy whose almost entire career was after the age of, you know, turning 30. Uh, fantastic run, and the fact that he is in the Indians' all-time pen should be without any doubt. Should we go to Jose Mesa? Uh, peak Jose Mesa was, you know, pretty phenomenal. Uh, just talking about 95, I mean, it's a ERA plus of 418, a FIP of 270. He was so good. That a, a 418, like, you know, the average is 100. He is so far at the extreme. I've never seen anything even approaching an ERA plus at that level. But he did not lead the league in baseball that year with it, or he didn't qualify because he was a reliever. 
maybe, but still a 418 is phenomenal. He had a 113 ERA, a 270 FIP. Now, even into the next year, it was pretty obvious he was never going to get back to that. Um, walk rate started to sneak up on him and into those uh, some of his later years. But 96, it's a 375 ERA, still saves 39 games. The FIP is 377, a 130 ERA plus. And in 97, where, yes, the World Series issue, I mean, he still had a 195 ERA plus that year, a 367 FIP, a 240, a 2.4 ERA. Uh, he pitched 82 innings. He had 16 saves. Yes, Mike Jackson kind of moved into that role, but he was not bad in 1997 for the Indians. As a converted uh, starter, a guy they got for virtually nothing, um, it was he turned into one of the, the better relievers in Indians history. He would be traded with Sean Dunstan and Alvin Mormon, one of those great lefties in the Indians pen. I was very excited for that deal. I remember this when they shipped out Jose Mesa because I really was intrigued by Jacob Cruz, the outfielder. And I like Steve Ruiz, the reliever, who would actually turn into a pretty solid reliever for the Indians for quite a few years. Um, not going to be on this all-time list, but he was a nice reliever. Jacob Cruz, man, I really thought he was going to be something. I can't lie. I thought he was going to be like this everyday outfielder that they needed, and it just never happened there. But that's Jose Mesa. The peak is pretty phenomenal. The rest of it is there's some solid. Mike Jackson, the man he replaced, or the man who replaced him, the interesting thing, with, I think, with Mike Jackson is the fact that he essentially only pitched three years in Cleveland. Uh, he was injured in 2000, did not pitch in the big leagues. And in 1999, which was his third year in Cleveland, he was not great. Uh, a 44 FIP, things kind of, his walk rate and his home run rate really uh, moved, went up a lot, and there were some issues there. Uh, he comes over in 97 at age 32, and that year he has a 145 ERA plus, a 298 FIP. He saves 15 games for those 97 Indians. Comes back in 1998 and is even better, a 155 ERA, saves 40 games, a 239, or I'm sorry, a 309 ERA plus, a 303 FIP, gets some MVP votes. Uh, again, that's just one of the better years any reliever had. It's a three-year run, but I think when you look at that and the fact that he is still sixth all-time uh, for saves to the Cleveland Indians. Mesa is fifth. Doug Jones is third. Each of these guys at peak were just in another plane than some of the other guys. Like, Chris Perez never had that peak. Chris Perez might be third all-time on the Indians list, but there was never that utter, utter dominance. Uh, 2010 was probably his best year, but there was also, like, mitigating factors, and he would make all-star teams in 2011 and 2012. But they weren't, you know, it wasn't the high end for Chris Perez. And I think that's kind of what you see throughout his career. Another one that's kind of odd when you look at it, just because he leaves Cleveland in 2013, pitches for the Dodgers just 46 innings in 2014 at age 28. His career is over before he even hits 30. Um, and that's kind of where I am with Perez and why I, I debate him on this team. Uh, 2010 uh, is that standout year. But then after that, Nothing else really comes close to it. Um, there's no particular year that you can stack up. When you look at like Mesa's top two, or you look at Mike Jackson's top two, uh, Chris Perez doesn't have those top two years. So that's why even though he's third, he's not not on that list. So we've established three of the six spots at this point in time. We will go through and nail down the last three spots in the Indians' all-time pen. I guess we've technically established four of the seven. Uh, with Cody Allen, Doug Jones, Jose Mesa, and Mike Jackson. 
uh, peak years for all of those guys are just utterly phenomenal. But in terms of even just something like all-time Indian saves, these are all guys in the top 10 for Indians all-time saves. So I think it's easy choices to make. We're going to dig into a few older names. Uh, we still got Bob Wickman to talk about, Ray Nerleski from the top 10, Sid Mon- Monge, uh, Steve Olin, Joe Borowski, Jim Kern. So uh, yeah, make sure to tune back in. We're also going to look through that kind of all-time Indians war. And uh, the thing really is that for a long time, if you were a starter, you only became a reliever if it was near the end of your career. Um, so it's kind of harder to find those guys before you know the advent of the bullpen system. So that's what makes this list a lot different than some of the others and a lot more uh, recent bias heavy than some of the other lists we've talked about. Thank you all for listening to the show today. Um, I hope you've enjoyed kind of this continued look into all-time Indians. We will finish it up on Wednesday. We'll have our all-time Indians done for the year. Um, we'll talk about who we had all the spots. We'll finish out our bullpen. And as always, thank you all for listening. You are fantastic. I really appreciate each and every single one of you. Uh, right now, across the board, podcast listens are down. So the fact that we have been very stable is just a real gift. Thank you. I've been Jeff Ellis. You have been awesome. And as always, go Tribe.